Hello and welcome back to the Men You're Not Alone podcast. This is episode 82. I was going to make an addendum to 81, but I decided to make this its own standalone podcast. And this one is about, I want to say sluts with Jeeps, but I really think it's more about women responding to men leaving the dating scene. And what has spurred this on is, as I've been driving around for the last year or so, if I had to guess how many young women I see driving Jeeps, it's it's quite the bizarre phenomenon. What I see is women in their 20s and 30s buying, particularly in their 20s, buying very expensive Jeeps, which is a guy, if you work on vehicles, at least my whole life, because I grew up where Jeeps are handy, but we preferred to buy vehicles that we we could actually use on the trail instead of working on all the time. To this day, I won't buy a Jeep. And everybody I've known who owned one spent their entire time working on the Jeep instead of using it. Or sitting somewhere in the middle of a trail trying to talk somebody to help them work on it. I only owned one Jeep in my life, and that was enough for me. Anyway, so as I, as I drive around here, now keep in mind, I live in Middle Tennessee. There is no place to go off-roading. I grew up in a place, I grew up in the Rockies, where there is, uh, to say ample, off-roading would be a gross understatement. It's unlimited off-roading. Or there used to be, maybe the U.S. Forest Service has been taken over by enough woke people that that uh, all the roads have been shut down now to save the earth and to make sure that they do not do what they are charged to do, which is manage public lands for multiple uses, including off-roading. Uh, but I live in a place that's mostly asphalt with a few places of dirt that you can sometimes find. Middle Tennessee is not an off-roading area. It's just not. There's no public land, and if there is, you're not allowed to take a vehicle on it. And it's small pockets of land. But what I do see, having grown up in a place that is uh, largely populated by older, jacked-up, modified off-road 4 buys, mostly modified with sawzalls and things like that, uh, to be exceedingly capable off-road, whether it's summer or deep snow in the wintertime. And here I am in the middle of what I really describe as like an urban metropolis. It's not, it's, I'm not in a metropolis. That's, that's probably a wrong phrase. I'm in an urban logger environment, the kind of place where you see guys wearing work boots and pants. And as if they look like they work outdoors, uh, but it's really just a costume and they buy brand new outdoor stuff. It's like an outfit. It's a costume. And women do it too. And the, the reality is there's nowhere to go out here. So I have to travel several hours to actually get away, you know, where I'm at. So it's it's a long car ride for the dog and I and the kids and I. But the number of young women in absolutely ripped Jeeps is staggering. And I've been watching the number grow. And, I mean, I'm talking like brand new Jeep Rubicons. Like the four-doors. These things are, I mean, they are lifted. They've got big rubber under them. They've got some components on them. These are Jeeps that are $70,000, $75,000. They're driven by 20-somethings, females. And I would say, I'm so surprised when I see a dude driving a Jeep. So these 20-something females are buying these stacked Jeeps. I mean, they are, they are. I mean, I, I, they look great. And inside the cockpit is a 20-something girl they all wear a ball cap. They all have a ponytail. They all pull their ponytail out the back of the ball cap. And the the really ironic thing is then they plaster their Jeeps that they obviously have never left the pavement with and never will leave the pavement with, with stickers that indicate that they are promiscuous. 
I love the stickers. I, there's a million of these around. Girls like it topless and dirty. Uh-huh. Well, that's great. Most guys don't. Or they if they do, it's just just to whack them and stack them. That's it. It's not for a meaningful relationship. It's a hookup culture. On the heels of the last episode, um, 80, I guess it would be 81. I don't. I already forgot what episode this is. In talking about how I see guys gravitating toward the overlanding market, and that is from the consumer side, it is a burgeoning market. And it is, honestly, it's separating a lot of young men from hard-earned money for things that they don't need to do what they want to do. That's my own personal opinion because I've done it on a shoestring budget. I did it for decades. As I look at men leaving the dating scene and the the burgeoning off-road overlanding community taking shape. And again, like I said, I see some females in it, but it is largely male-dominated. If you go to any of the, not trade shows, well, if I hadn't thought of it, if I hadn't even been thinking about it, I wouldn't have had to remember it. But uh, like in New Mexico, uh, it's not a fair. Anyway, it's a showcase of things that are out, you know, geared for the overlanding community. And it's basically well-made, exceedingly well-made stuff that shows the creativity and ingenuity of Americans in general and 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 what guys are capable of when they're allowed to be creative and socialize with other men. And do what they love to do, they become very inventive. And in my opinion, most of the stuff is priced at about 10 times its value. As if you just cannot make it without a $4,000 drawer system in a Toyota Tacoma because you just you can't overland without that. But say la vie. That's just my opinion. So you've got guys that are flocking to this. And honestly, it, it beats the heck out of them flocking to cocaine and, and alcohol and uh, loose women, stuff like that. I, I, it's great. There's no harm going to come from that. And it does get them out and about. It gets them into the natural world. It gets them into a social circle of other men who are also like-minded. They love adventure. They live in a big world. And they will not be a slave. And I think that is a very positive thing. So here's my kind of running theory that's been going through my head for about the past years. I pass young women in these lifted Jeeps, these big Jeeps, that are insanely expensive. I see them at Target. I see them at, I hate Target, but I don't go to Target very often. I just see them getting out of their vehicles. These girls wouldn't touch mud if you paid them $1,000. These girls are so made up, they don't get in that Jeep unless they've spent three hours in front of a mirror making themselves painted up. As misrepresented as possible to seduce men. And I know this sounds harsh and I'm on a little bit of a tirade these last two episodes, but this is kind of the stuff I see and I'm tired of it not being spoken about. And this is just a theory of mine. So as more men leave the dating scene and they go to things like overlanding, I think that women are responding. uh, Women are great chameleons and women are masters of pretending that they enjoy the same things that the men they are attracted to enjoy. And they do this with an absolute perfect poker face. A lot of them do, unless you know what you're looking for. They absolutely love getting muddy. They like getting slammed around inside of a vehicle while they're off-roading. They love the idea of going three or four days without a shower. They love spending two weeks above Timberline. They like the idea of, of devoting a whole summer to climbing rocky terrain, to do the most mundane things like stand on the top of a ridgeline, look out across a blue sky with real clouds, and sort out your life. That, 
I'm sorry. I I grew up out west in in Colorado. I knew women like that. In fact, my first girlfriend was like that. And she was genuinely like that. There was no deception in that. She was an outdoor girl. Uh, to date, she's the only one I've known who was like that. We dated for about five years, and we hiked the living crap out of the Rockies. And we explored a lot of stuff. And But she was an exception. And she was tough, and and she was genuine. Like, she, uh, there was no facade with her. We just parted ways because we had different beliefs in God. So... And, but that's been many, many, many years ago. So I'm looking at these modern girls. And what I think is this is a chameleon move. And I think this is young ladies realizing that the men they want or they think they want are leaving the dating scene. These are guys who make money. They have solid, not just financial footing. They, have, they know who they are. They know what they want. And they're going after it. And they're not stopping to divide half their income with females. They're not willing to take the risk of having their children used as leverage against them to hold them hostage for 20 or 25 years of their life. They are not willing to believe that they need to ask permission every time they want to get together with a guy. They value having guy friends. They know the value of it, even if they can't put words to it. Just as I said in my book, the most one of the most healing things I've ever found with a man is that he has regular and meaningful connection to other men who bring a positive influence into, the, into his life. That right there is so powerful in a man's life. In a broken man's life, he will reassemble himself in a tenth of the time versus not having that connection with men who bring a positive influence into his life. And it needs to be regular and it needs to be meaningful. I don't mean just getting together at a bar. I mean regular and meaningful, something that has depth to it. That is one of the most healing things I've ever seen in a man's life. And I've dealt with plenty of broken men in the course of my life. And now I'm watching these women, you know, women, they want to sell men, at least initially, that they enjoy the same things that the man they're attracted to enjoy. The downside is they don't hold that. They really don't share those interests. They, it's, it's a chameleon move. And I'm not saying that's true with every woman, but it's true with the most, with most of them. And they will pretend that they are very into a guy. Oh, we love that. We love off-roading. We love, I don't know, just pick whatever it is. We love axe throwing. We love hanging out with the guys. But I've been around the block enough now to watch guys as they come out of a broken state from a terrible relationship with a very destructive female. They get their life back together. They get their spiritual walk back together. And they are headed down a very solid road. And at that point, even though... Maybe myself and others will counsel them that they are not ready for a relationship with a woman, nor do they have the discernment right now. They're not healed enough to have the discernment to know what they want, as um, Gus Waldorf brilliantly established in the first roundtable that I did. Guys who are coming out of broken relationships, they are soon able to, to answer the question, what do I want with my life? The problem is that some... See, these guys, they, they return from a broken condition. They kind of go back together. They get their finances together. They get their emotions together. They get their mental health together. They get their spiritual walk together. And now they are close to becoming a complete man. Women, like predators, which many of them are, and I again, I know in a gynocentric culture, this is offensive to many people. But this is the reality. We live in a gynocentric culture that revolves, honestly, around sex with women. 
and we worship it just as the people who caused the Spirit of God to leave the first temple, and we act like we're something new under the sun. So what I believe is happening is that young women are seeing the men that they're attracted to. They are solid, emotionally balanced. They know where they're going. They have goals. They are putting away money. They are investing wisely, and they have disposable income. And they have good careers because they have all the time to do this stuff. Plus, they have the clear head. They're not thinking about sex. They're thinking about where is my life going and what do I want with my life? As men leave the dating pool and go to stuff like overlanding, which I think is an extreme response to imprisonment of men for decades that will even itself out over time, women in their chameleon nature are going out and buying these insanely expensive Jeeps. So these women are doing what they perceive will make them look relevant to the men that they're attracted to who are leaving the dating scene. And again, I know it's harsh in a gynocentric culture. This is offensive, and I don't care. This is my podcast. You can start your own, and then you can do white knighting for gynocentric causes all you want. Just join the masses. So these girls who don't like the outdoors are buying vehicles equipped for the outdoors to take them to the outdoors that they don't want to go to, but they don't like the outdoors, so they don't take the Jeeps to the outdoors. But they do have the look of a person who does, a woman who does. And honestly, it's a small batch of women who do, genuinely. I think that this, I think it's an ultimately expensive chameleon move. I really think it's nothing more than that because there are so many. And see, here's the here's the twisted part is that women have lost their ways, especially young women have lost their ways so greatly by watching older women and what they did, what has been modeled for them in their homes, what has been modeled for them by their mothers is that promiscuity is going to attract the right guy, which as I spoke of in the last episode, then those women wind up being, first of all, they destroy the man that they actually get married to. They're the ones that turn 50, um, eventually have no children and not eventually, they just have no children. They have no ties and they are lonely. They are no longer 20 something. They can no longer woo the guys. And that's when it, it kind of, it's a sobering moment for them. They're past the ability to bear children and they want the world to feel sorry for them. And they want guys to feel sorry for them. And they want guys to come in and white knight for them. Well, guys are checking out of that. Guys are catching on. So as I look around and I see these women driving these Jeeps, I see chameleons. These women are a wolf in sheep's clothing. They are trying to look for basically hookup culture because they have been deceived into believing that promiscuity is attractive and somehow that's going to score them a long-term relationship. It's not. And in fact, it's going to drive away the men who are willing to give them a long-term relationship and as their body count or their sex count, whatever you want to call it, adds up, they are less and less attractive to the men who are willing and able and capable of giving them a long-term relationship. And what makes me say that is that they go by these expensive Jeeps and then they put these nasty stickers on them. And it's not a rare thing. It is the exception to see one that doesn't. And it is always something that indicates that they are promiscuous. Well, I grew up in an over... It, it, it's called overlanding now. In an off-roading community. 
we did not find slutty girls attractive. What we found were down-to-earth girls who felt comfortable in a pair of blue jeans and a t-shirt. They didn't have to wear makeup, and we loved them for the way they were. And we knew that they grew older, and we didn't care. And now these women are realizing they're learning from their predecessors. These previous generations are growing up and being old and lonely with no children. And women cannot handle being alone. Most women cannot handle it. They wig out and they go a little on the nuts. They go nuts. They just do. They're not like guys. So that's why they push cats around in strollers and talk to little dogs and dress them up as if they're babies when they're in their 40s and 50s. And so the younger women, I believe, are watching them do it, buying these Jeeps and trying to attract men who are doing their own thing. They have chosen their own road and they're, they're following that. And in my book, I touched on, and back in the, when I first started this podcast, somewhere in the early single digits, uh, maybe four, five, six, seven, something like that. I did three or four episodes. And it was, it was, it was a large chapter in my book about um, how to undo a man. And I named the podcast episode that you can go back and listen to it if you want. I'm not saying it's the best presentation of the material, um, the book probably does a far better job of it because I'm a better writer than I am an orator. But the driver is a key component. And and by a driver, I mean when men go astray, most of the time with a man, it's going to be a woman, a trusted female in his circle. And it's going to be a woman he's attracted to. And so she's going to play him for his resources. So initially she is going to be a chameleon, and she is going to pretend to be all about his world. She can't stand his world, but she's going to pretend to be about it because she wants his resources. And I know this sounds harsh, but I have seen this far too many times to dismiss it and not talk about it. So she will pretend she will be a chameleon. She will pretend to love his friends, love his life, love his church, love his spiritual walk, love his hobbies, love his aspirations for life, his goals in life, um, his desires for where he wants to live, what he wants to do 10 years from now, how he wants to invest his money, where he wants to buy a house maybe, um, how many kids he wants to have, that sort of thing. Women will chameleon and pretend to want all of this. And men, because we put love goggles on and they will spread their legs, we buy it. And that it's no more complicated than that. And because they're willing to put out, we the love goggles are strong. And we will look past an obvious deception. Me as an outside observer now, I see it in men's lives. I couldn't see it in my own life in the past, but I can see it readily in men's lives now. And I, I, I will warn guys, she doesn't have anything in common with you. She wants your resources. And that's what she's coming for. That's why she entered this relationship. And when she exits it, she will take most of those resources with her. And there's nothing you're going to do to stop that. Um, short of God intervening in it, the family court system is stacked to give her most of what you have. Only because she spread her legs and slept with you and then probably falsely alleged something against you. It's all it takes. It's a great retirement plan that has been set up for decades with women. And that is the harsh reality of modern day America. Whether women want to admit it, whether white knighting men want to admit it, that is the fruit of a gynocentric culture. And it's the one in which we live. And it is heavily, it's heavily 
saturated into our culture. And women don't want us talking about this. They don't want men getting together. This is very threatening to men, to women because if we start to understand them, we're not going to be rope-a-doped by that. Our guard is going to be up. We're going to be looking, yeah, so what? You're pretty and you'll spread your legs. But you know what? You've done that for 60 guys before me. You've done it for the three guys that you cleaned out before me. Like, like literally took all of their stuff. You took their life. You took maybe their children. You maybe took all their assets. You ruined their reputation. Maybe they had to move to a different part of the country to survive the wrath of your hurricane. Why? Because you wanted their resources. And, and, and it, it, I know it sounds cold, but I don't care. That's what I have seen. And when I see these young girls driving these Jeeps everywhere with their, their slut stickers on the, on the Jeeps, with their ball cap, with their ponytail pulled out through it. And that the thing is, they all look the same. It's all the same. They're playing by the same rule book. And in my book, I touch on this, that the drivers, the scary part with the drivers is these women, they all operate by the same playbook. They say the same things. They do the same things. They do it so predictably that most of the time I can finish a man's story and it frightens the living crap out of them. And they're like, how do you know that? And I'm like, I'm not some fortune telling guy. I'm not some prophet guy. It's that predictable. They use the same playbook. And it doesn't matter if they're in Australia or India, Scandinavia, the UK or the United States. They use the same words. They do the same actions. They take the same steps. They are that predictable. And in my book, I touch on how I, that has to be masterminded through the spiritual realm. Most guys look at that and say, wow, there's a lot of cute chicks buying these beefed up Jeeps. I see it as a spiritual deception. It's one more facet of a spiritual deception to take down good men. It's, it's a last ditch effort to take down good men who are leaving the dating scene, who have a lot to offer. And these women who are promiscuous are hunting them down like a predator. And, and that is the driver. The driver is going to chameleon her way into, if possible, into the circle of those men pretend to be interested in everything they're interested in, and then slowly and surely walk them out of that. Detach them from their spiritual journey. Detach them from their friends. Detach them from their family. It begins a road of isolation. If I had a dollar for every time I'd see this, I had seen this, I would have a brand new overlanding rig that I had built sitting in my driveway. There is no doubt. I have seen this so many times over and over and over. And I'm watching it happen with some of my dear friends now. And they're just waking up to it. I mean, these are in relation these are relationships they have been in for two to three years. They are just now, because of the love goggles, they're they're coming to me and asking me questions like, why is she telling me I can't do this? And I'm like, well, because you're allowing her to. Because see, this is something that's important to you. It's part of what your gifting is as a man. Plus, it's also what it's part of what keeps you grounded. They are not going to be able to gaslight you unless they can detach you from these connection points in your life. They cannot gaslight you as long as you are connected, as long as you are tethered to other men, as long as you are tethered to your family, your children, whatever it might be. They are looking to separate you from those tethers so they can get your resources. And again, that's harsh, but I don't make apologies for it. That is what I have seen. That is one of the things that men has taught me. And these girls with these Jeeps, to me, it's kind of a very expensive, last-ditch effort to capture men who are saying, I've had it. I'm not getting involved. 
I'm not stepping into that world. I would much rather take the risk of my vehicle breaking down in the middle of Alaska or Western Montana or Maine or wherever it might be, Europe, I don't even know, Russia, than to deal with the risk of a woman dragging me through the trenches for the next 25 years and possibly for a child who isn't even mine. All for what? Because she spread her legs? Because she's promiscuous? It's not worth it. And a lot of guys are in agreement with that. An alarming number of men are in agreement with that. So much so that it's pissing off feminists. I'm going to leave it at that. But that's why I wanted to make this its own episode. I knew I'd rant for a minute. But when you see those girls with the Jeeps, with the baseball cap and the ponytail, there it comes in many forms. But I think you are staring at the face of a driver. Deception. A chameleon. So tread cautiously. And if you're just reckless with your life, you know what? Plow ahead. Go ahead. But when you plant seeds of wind, you will reap the whirlwind. And don't look for guys to come rescue from that, rescue you from that. So I will leave it at that. I'll catch you on the next 